Hi, and welcome back to the podcast about a show about creating a true crime podcast. And that show being Only Murders in the Building. Episode 2, titled, Who is Tim Kono? Now, if you remember, at the end of the first episode, the camera pans in to a Polaroid of Mabel and Tim. So clearly... They might have known each other. The show opens with a scene from Brazos, Charles's TV show he had on in what looks like to be like the mid-90s. And he's giving a speech during an interrogation. And we find out Mabel is watching this via the YouTube while sketching a photo, not a photo, while sketching a picture of Tim. And she looks very perplexed because these words sound oddly similar to the ones he was um, telling her when they were picking Locke to Bunny's apartment. We then go to Oscar and Charles in what looks like a coat closet attempting to record their first episode of the podcast. They're trying to figure out who Tim Kono is and all they really know is like he lived on the ninth floor and he was of Asian descent. And Charles is like, why do we need to know that? And Oliver's like, there's four, there's over four billion people in Asia. We need to tap into that market. We need to earn their views, listens, likes, ratings. They need that market. Um, Mabel just walks into his apartment, just goes right in. And sees a sign on the closet door saying, like, you know, please be quiet, we're recording. Well, she knocks and just interrupts them. And Charles is like, you don't lock your door? And Oliver's like, no, why would I lock my door? It's safe. And Mabel's like, mm, I don't know, maybe because it was just a murder in the building. But, you know, old white guys are only scared of um, colon cancer and societal change. And... <laughs> You're not wrong, Mabel. You're not wrong. And they're coming together and they're just trying to figure out, like, who is Tim? Uh, they had Lester, the front desk man of their building, look at, you know, old footage. Not old footage, but footage from the night of Tim's death. And nothing seemed really out of the ordinary. According to Oliver and Charles, as Mabel tells him, she couldn't find much online. She's exhausted all of the internet. He just didn't have much out there. He probably had a LinkedIn. I mean, most people nowadays have a LinkedIn. Um, I know if you Google my name, my LinkedIn comes up and my dad's obituary. But that that that's about it. Um, and they were just trying to figure out was there anyone in his life that cared deeply for him? Because if they could find like one person that could be like the biggest clue but otherwise it didn't really seem like anyone really liked him and then we get a flashback to when he was alive and it was probably right at the beginning of Mabel's stay 
at her aunt's apartment when she is going to remodel it. And they're kind of like raising their voices to each other. And she's saying, Oscar's going to get out soon. You know, you, you can help make this right. Something happened between him and Oscar. And we don't fully know who Oscar is yet. And just words are heated. And he tells, Tim tells Mabel, like, if you see me around the building, just act like you don't know me. And she's like, that's fine. You can fuck off. Sounds... Sounds real promising. Mabel just comes out to tell him, like, what if the guy was, like, a dick? And they're like, yeah, that's a possibility. And Oliver brings up, like, but do you want to be as much of a dick as... Not dick. As. Dick. Maybe dick as. Steve Carell was in the office. I don't remember Steve Carell being a dick in the office. He was kind of an idiot. But, you know, we're going off point, and as Oliver's going off point, as I was, Mabel brings up the fact that, like, um, there's a memorial in the lobby in, like, ten minutes, and, you know, we should go, and maybe they can find out something about him. Maybe someone, you know, knows something, and Oliver's like, well, damn, she's good. So they head out to the lobby, and... As they're headed down and they get there, Oliver notices that there's these dips from Dima's Deli. And they're like, okay, cool. And Oliver's like, Teddy Dima's. He lives in the building. He owns the deli. It's delicious. He has a deaf son. All right. Sounds great. So they go and sit down because Bunny's like, hey, people, asses in the seats. So they go to sit down. Charles had made a statement like he has no idea who anyone is. So that should tell us a lot about Charles. And Bunny, you know, welcomes them, saying they needed to hold this meeting for, like, insurance purposes. And his body is currently being shipped back to Japan, where his family is. So they now know he's Japanese. And Charles then says, it's time for the killer to make himself known. And he looks to both Oliver and Mabel and is like, that's a line from my show. Mabel rolls her eyes like I'd roll my eyes too. And as Bunny's about to kick things off, a, a therapist in the building stands up and lets him know he's there for them if, if they need him. And he'll make time for them. And he lives in like 1A, something like that. He takes Venmo though, if, if you feel the need to... um let out your feelings um they're all kind of grateful it seemed that tim had died it's a little fucked up um he was the one i guess that wouldn't allow them to use their fireplace in the winter because he had asthma and it would just like ruin the christmas spirit i guess and um his neighbor, and I'm gonna mess up her name, but, like, everyone messes up mine, so it's fine. Mrs. Adoko, um, wanted to know when she got, she could get his apartment, because she's on the waiting list, and she's been on it for a while, and she's had to live next to him for eight years, and it was, like, really fucking miserable, and as this is happening, Charles is like, yeah, prime real estate in New York, 
anyone would kill for it. So, like, was that why Tim was killed? Was for his apartment? What? And as all this is going on, this gentleman in front of them is, like, bawling his eyes out. And Charles is like, are you okay? Like, what's wrong? And, you know, it's it's okay. And Oliver at the same time is like, can we record you for a podcast? Just say anything, we'll do it. And he's like, I'd rather not. And he's like, okay. And he's crying and sobbing and something of his cat and his dead. And they pause it and Charles and Oliver are like, can you relax with the crying? Like, I get it sad, but can you, like, enunciate a little more? We can't quite understand you. And we find out Howard, his cat Evelyn, a beautiful blonde tabby in the building, had died last night as well. And everyone seems to be way more heartbroken that this cat had passed away. I mean, I I understand it. I was heartbroken when my cat passed away, but I didn't expect everyone else to be as sad as I was. Again, I understand, but like I don't I don't expect everyone else to, but apparently she was a beautiful cat. She liked to walk along like the window sills of the building. So like way to go Evelyn for having um all the balance. And you know, as everyone's sad about it, the three of them are like, shit, we should make the podcast about Evelyn. And Oliver's like, yeah. Well, as they're getting up and Howard's crying over the cat, Charles, you know, briefly mentions he never cried this much when his mother died. And Mabel's like, um, what about the mom stuff? Like, is there something you want to say and whatnot? And Oliver had mentioned, like, we should go talk to the building manager, Ursula. She'll she'll know what's up. And Mabel's like, the sea witch. And she's like, you know what? Never mind. I got a migraine. I'm going to go lie down. You two are on your own. I'm over it. So Oliver makes Charles pack up some dips. He packs up his dips, and they're headed down to see Ursula. Well, we're now getting, like, flashbacks to the night of Tim's death. So we're seeing him laying on the ground with the hole in his head. And he's looking real juicy and gross. And Mabel is, you know, laying on her couch just confused and not sure what to do. So she picks up her iPad and starts recording herself. And now we get a flashback to when she's about 10 years old. And she's sitting in the courtyard of the Arconia and she's sketching at the fountain. And as she's sketching, Tim is walking around it playing a game that he used to do all the time. And he like literally runs into her and is like, um, you don't, you don't live here. You're new. I've never, I've never seen you before. And she's like, oh, I'm visiting my aunt. He's like, ah, 12A, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's cool. She gives out whole candy bars during Halloween, which is like, same. That's what we did this past year was give out whole candy bars. We wanted, we wanted to be that cool house. 
And he's asked her what she's doing. And she's like, oh, I'm drawing a photo. I'm not drawing a photo. I apologize. It's late. She's like, oh, I'm sketching a picture. It's it's where I live. And he's like, wow, that's kind of bad. And she's like, yeah, thanks. And that's what she liked about Tim. He liked or she liked how like direct he was and that he never lied. Um, he found her book, The Hardy Boys, and it take they all all the books take place in Bayport and it's near where she lives on Long Island and they come to bond over it and she was always there for summer and winter breaks so while she was there they'd read the books and come up with their own fake mysteries you know between their two apartments um we then flash forward a little bit to when they're older and two more people join their group Oscar in, he was a supers kid and his girlfriend Zoe her family lived on the whole of the 11th floor so they got that money for New York real estate uh, Zoe convinced Oscar to make keys to all the apartments in the building so when tenants were gone they could sneak in and Zoe always seemed to be the life of the party and she always seemed to know when to go too far because she had them sticky fingers and she would take jewelry or medication stuff that probably people like would miss but not really because they could just get it replaced um and it was and she was all fun until she wasn't what happened to zoe well now we're back in present time and Oscar and Charles are in the elevator chatting it up and how Charles knows nothing about it he's like we're gonna visit Aurora and Oliver's like no Ursula and he's like how do you not know anyone in this building like what what do you put on the envelopes when you tip these people during Christmas and Charles is like I don't tip that's it's too elitist he'd rather leave autograph photos of himself then tip them and Oliver was like oh, makes a lot of sense we now meet Ursula and Oliver is a uh, chanting her up he wants to find all the business out about Tim and he had warned Charles prior that she always has a side hustle don't give in to the side hustle Oliver gives in to her side hustle she's selling like this weird gut milk concoction. I got very much like herbal life feelings from it. Well, she's selling this gut milk. And if he buys three cases, Ursula will give him all the information he needs about Tim. She also lets them know that uh, the next day his apartment will be cleaned out. So if they wanted to get in there to uh, look around, they got to get in there. So they run up to Mabel's aunt's apartment, knock on the door, and invite her to look through Tim's place because they needed to do it before his stuff was gone. And she was like, rummage through a dead guy's apartment? Sounds like a fucking afternoon. Uh, Oscar starts recording as they're entering the apartment. And they're, I love that they're wearing um, like dishwashing gloves, like those thick yellow rubbery gloves. Love it. It's a look. Um, Oscar freaks out because there's blood everywhere. 
So they hadn't really cleaned up the mess. They just kind of took his body. So there's, you know, going to be his brain matter in places. And as they're looking around, Charles is like, look for a laptop, look for a cell phone. And Mabel's like, uh, the police probably already took those. So like, we're gonna have to look for other stuff. And then Mabel notices all the Hardy Boy books on the bookshelf. And she's not quite sure what to make of it. And Oliver finds past due bills. And Charles says how he, you know, he hates people who don't pay their building fees because everyone else has to pay their um, building fees. And Oliver, before um, all this happens was confronted by Bunny after the memorial service that he's uh, eight months behind on his uh, building fees. So not only was everyone else paying for Tim's late building fees, they were also paying for Oliver's. So he just, Oliver had to uh, uh, brush that under the rug, but he got real excited because he found what he thinks is Tim's sex toys. And he's like overly excited, which is kind of weird because regardless if a person is dead or alive, I don't know if I want to find someone else's sex toys. Like if you use them, that's great. Um, I don't want to find them. And if I die, you know, you should have like that one person to let them know to like delete your internet history and like get rid of your sex toys so your family don't find them. But nonetheless, Oliver's excited because he thinks, like, oh, we could get DNA off it. Gross. And while Oliver's excited about finding sex toys, Mabel um, looks into a mirror in the hallway of Tim's apartment. And we get a flashback to New Year's Eve. Her and Zoe are checking themselves out in the mirror. They're looking real good. And she notices a fancy ring on Zoe's finger. And she's like, where'd you get that? And Zoe's like, "Mm, don't worry about it. It's fine. Then Oscar comes in and he comments on how good Mabel's looking. And Zoe's like, um, excuse me? And she's like, what? And Oscar's like, I told you earlier that like you looked great. And because it's New Year's Eve, it's probably the end of Mabel's stay since she really only stayed there for summer and winter breaks. Well, Tim comes and joins them. and They're like, let's get a Polaroid picture because we're looking good. It's New Year's Eve. We need to document the night. We're now on the roof of the building and Oscar and Zoe are fighting about cheating. And she mentions how it's textbook. And... It's hard to tell if this was in reference to the statement Oscar had made about Mabel and how, like, good she looked. But nonetheless, and so they run off behind, like, a gated area and Mabel's taking a drink and then we hear a scream. Sounds like Zoe screamed for some reason. And then we see Tim running back towards Mabel And he saw someone with Zoe, but it wasn't Oscar. So, like, who was with Zoe? But now we're back in Tim's apartment, present day. And they find a bloody paw print. And they're like, 
oh shit, is this Evangeline's paw print? I mean, Evelyn's paw print? Because Charles just sucks with names. Or maybe that was Oscar. They found Evelyn's paw print, which they then remembered. Evelyn died the night that Tim died. So is, like, Howard a suspect? Because their suspect list just grew by, like, one. And now they're back in, I believe it's Charles' apartment, you know, getting themselves together with all their trash bags of DNA and how, based off of what they found, they didn't find anything. No one really liked him. And um, they're talking about him. And Mabel just says, like, no one deserves to, you know, die or be alone and they should know better and at the same time she then confronts Charles about his dad and the monologue and like what the fuck was that about and Charles says like, no, those are my words I I wrote that for the episode it's one of, my, it's one of like the things I'm most proud of and Oliver in the meantime is like we need to trust each other we just have to trust each other you know every time he directed a new show everyone had to learn to trust each other and he wanted to do a trust exercise you know like let's let's do this and Mabel's like "Mm, no thanks and she leaves Oliver looks to Charles and is like I don't trust her she's shifty We now get a brief flashback. The police have taken Oscar. And Mabel's just sitting in her aunt's apartment, just staring at photos of Tim. And we see Tim. Well, the the ghost of Tim. And asks, is Mabel trying to be the Hardy Boys? Why is she trying to be the Hardy Boys? And Mabel asks Tim about the ring and why he had it and Tim just lets her know why do you you want to know if someone loved me and and what it's like to be dead and you know we we all have stuff that you know we're trying to hide and she's just chatting away to her sketches and We hear that, you know, she she wanted to know, did you die because of, you know, whatever he knew about Oscar? And we then see her get up. And it's now just like flashes, kind of like a like a Polaroid is going off. And she goes back to Tim's apartment and she's opening all the Hardy Boys books and jewelry's falling out. She grabs another one. Jewelry's falling out. She opens another one. And in one of the book is her drawing from when she was a child of like a seascape from Long Island. Like the like a beach with trash on it. And um, she's stating again that, you know, he always made sensible choices. Tim never lied. And we find out 
because it is now flashed back to the 10 years prior to New Year's Eve. Zoe was killed and Tim has to know something. Again, was he killed because he knows something? You know, what's up? And she is recording this video just in case something happens to her. And she ends it was, who is Tim Kono? And she's going to fucking find out. And she labels that video in case she is next. And that's the end of episode two. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. I'm sorry towards the end it got a little jumpy. I apologize. My notes, if you saw them, are kind of a clusterfuck. Um, I thank you for getting this far and listening. If you like this podcast, I would really love it if you liked, rate, and reviewed on whatever platform you listen to it on, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Anchor. Again, if you could rate and review it, that would be amazing. And let's manifest that Steve Martin, he's on Twitter because I do follow him. My Twitter is at S-C-H-L-E-Y guy, all one word, schly guy. Um, Steve Martin is on Twitter. So let's like manifest that this gets to him and he listens to it and is like, wow, this girl has a terrible voice. But like, I like this because I think um, I would probably literally and I apologize, shit my pants. But I'm going to manifest that this goes to him, that the other one goes to him. All future episodes go to him. Thank you again. Um, if you could like, rate, and review this again. And have a good night. Bye.